Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham. I'm pleased to talk with Jerry Ratcliffe today and bring him in. And uh, I'm pleased to talk with Jerry, but we'd, we're not going to be pleased to talk about what we have to talk about. Last night's uh, awful loss for Virginia, number six Virginia, falling 63-48 to Boston College. And um, Boston College really dominating that game. And Jerry, I have to ask, I mean, this, this Virginia team has been really playing with fire the last few few games last three or four games um i guess it finally caught up with them last night didn't see any fire last night chris that's for yeah. sure uh i watched a lot of acc basketball the past few nights and um you know i, I didn't see a whole lot of fire uh, saw fire in boston college uh in their lineup and i saw a lot of fire in the nc state wake forest game last night those were teams that acted like that they were playing for something. And Virginia, who should have been playing for something, I mean, they were number one in the league coming into the game and playing to preserve that and to secure that, just didn't play with fire at all. And that's that was the disappointing part to me. I mean, I know that you're going to have off nights where things aren't going well. and uh and like Tony said after the game, you know, they put us on our heels on both ends of the floor, and they did. And uh, Boston College played like they had something to gain. Um, well, they, I'm not sure that they really do, but uh, Virginia just played lackadaisical to me. They, they I, I didn't see any fire at all. I think that win gets it got Boston College to eight wins, and you know, with Carolina, um, teetering at this stage Carolina ended up winning last night at Notre Dame um that was North Carolina's ninth win um Boston College is trying to play their way out of Tuesday in the ACC tournament which would have been interesting if they could have caught Carolina last night um and the idea of Carolina North Carolina playing on Tuesday in Greensboro in a couple weeks would have been fascinating as well but BC still knocking on the door there they've and it's a good BC team. We've seen they've been up and down uh, certainly. The, uh, early in the season, they lost, I believe, to Maine and New Hampshire at home. But they've been getting better and better as the season's gone on. They beat Virginia Tech twice, um, including once right after Virginia had lost at Virginia Tech. Uh, Boston College went to Blacksburg and, and beat the uh, the Hokies down there. So, um, but that said, yeah, Virginia, except for Jaden Gardner, Jaden Gardner seemed to have some fire. He, he scored sixteen points, six of twelve shooting. He was literally the only player on the Virginia roster that shot at least 50% from the field. Everyone else was under 50%. Uh, 
Um, Virginia, four of 21 from three, even eight of 22 on shots at the rim, layups and dunks. That had been what Virginia had been really uh, inoculating itself from bad shooting nights with is whenever they, you know, if things weren't falling from the outside, they were getting to the lane and getting to the paint and, and, and making layups and dunks and really forcing the way, the, their way that way. The last night, just a, a Tony even addressed that. It seemed like they were just kind of, th- his guys were just kind of throwing some shots towards the rim and hoping they'd go in instead of finishing. And so, yeah, just a, just a pretty lackadaisical effort all, all overall for, for Virginia team last night. Unexpected and, and very surprising from a Tony Bennett coach team. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know how many shots it looked like they got down close. And 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 like you said, repeating what Tony said, it, it did. It looked like they just kind of threw the ball up, hoping that it would go in. It, it wasn't a real concerted effort uh, to make a good shot. And uh, that's somewhat atypical of this team. They, they're usually pretty good about shot selection. But last night, I, I can't say that was the case. Um, you know, and I, I guess we've seen it coming. They they didn't play that well against uh, Notre Dame in one and Louisville in one. And, and granted, both those teams have some good players and uh, – potential and then Boston College has some good players and you know Tony said this a couple of weeks ago that if you don't come right every night in the ACC you're going to lose are you going to be at least susceptible to losing and and it finally caught up with them last night Um, we knew they couldn't keep playing the way they had the, the previous week and continue to win and and uh, it jumped up and bit them, just like I guess they were kind of lucky that it didn't happen before. Um, the question mark now is, uh, can they prevent it from happening again? Because um, to the next three games, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're playing against teams that can beat them for sure at Carolina on Saturday and then Clemson here next Tuesday, I believe before closing closing down the regular season against uh against uh Louisville um so I, it's going to be interesting i mean carolina is uh they're 11 and 2 at home and they got their act together last night against Notre Dame although i, I didn't see a lot of fire in that carolina team either oh. <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> You know, uh, Virginia, you know, they're they're uh, tied for second right now, although the tiebreaker goes against them. Uh, tied with Miami, uh, excuse me, Pitt, behind my, a half game behind Miami. But um, the issue is uh, they, they could play their way out of the double bye if they aren't careful. Oh, yeah, if, if losing out, and certainly at this stage, the way they've been playing lately, you'd have to wonder about that. I would I would also be surprised at that. But, yeah, the, 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 the whatever doldrums this team is in uh, is, is uh, you know, it's been it's been a couple of weeks now. Just it wasn't just last night. We, that's what I would talk about playing with fire. You, you know, you any little kid that out there, or you stick your hand on a stove or anything else. You want to see how close you can get before it hurts. I mean, Virginia played Virginia didn't know how much it was hurting until last night. Um, and, and a BC team that is healthy and, and, uh, you know, got some guys back that they hadn't had 
and and was at home with a, a chance to again catch up and try to get into the in, into uh, into Wednesday uh, at the ACC tournament. Um, but you know uh, what what gets me, I guess, Jerry, is that you know Tony went to the small ball lineup uh, back against the first game against Carolina uh, and, and and helped and and ben, Vanderplas coming in the game in the second half of that game and, and playing with four guards around him is what keyed Virginia to that win that night. And he's gone with the small lineup, the so-called small lineup since. Um, I'm wondering if the small lineup may have played itself out because it seems like teams have figured out what to do with Virginia with this lineup. And Vanderplas hasn't hasn't um, shown consistent ability to to make teams pay on the perimeter. He's not hitting those shots from the three that that you know he we know he can make, but he's eight for thirty in his last eight games. Uh, it's just. Uh, you know, you wonder if if maybe a lineup change could could shake things up, or or something else could shake things up for for this team. I think that's something they got to consider heading into the weekend, Chris. It's, as you aptly pointed out, in the first uh, game against Carolina, Baycott wasn't available. Well, he was. He injured his ankle, rolled his ankle in the first two minutes of the game, and didn't play the rest of the way. And uh, the Washington kid, the big freshman, came in and. They had trouble with him until they uh, went to small ball in the second half and and uh, negated him. But, yeah, I, I don't know that that's, the small ball is going to work uh, the second time. You know Carolina's going to be uh, prepared for that. And, uh, you know, I saw something interesting yesterday, I guess it was, uh, college basketball analytics has a thing with the most uh, effective lineups in power six basketball and at the top of the heap and this is going to sound funny to some virginia fans is uh is a virginia lineup that includes gardner franklin bigman kiay and shedrick not Vanderplas, which, um, so that, that 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 makes you wonder a little bit. And you know, I know people have been back and forth with Shedrick all season. And you know, is it the Jay Huff syndrome where he does he's not strong enough? He doesn't move his feet well enough. He gets he's foul prone, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it, you know, the analytics prove that prove out that when he's on the floor. Virginia's a more effective basketball team on both ends of the floor. I know, you know, Tony Bennett and his guys see them in practice every day, but uh, you have to wonder if maybe they're going to have to shake things up a little bit, uh, at least for the weekend, and, and see what happens in Chapel Hill. You know, I, I, I did some math on it last night uh, over his last nine games. It's actually nine games where Vanderplas is eight for 30 from three. Uh, he's averaging 6.5 points and 5.2 rebounds. And um, that's a decent sample size, nine games, 6.5 points and, and 5.2 rebounds. Back when Shedrick was the starter, 14 of the first 15 games, there was one game that Vanderplas started for him uh, in, in that stretch. But in the 14 of the first 15 games, Shedrick was averaging 7.9 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.9 blocks, but also shooting 69% from the floor. Vanderplas shooting uh, in the 30s right now uh, in the last nine games. So, um, just from that standpoint, numbers-wise, and then defensively, Shedrick gave a lot to this team, too. He is foul-prone. That is a big issue. Um, 
It seems like he starts every game with two fouls. It seems like uh, whatever, whenever there's a whistle blown when he's on the floor, that he's he's a culprit. Unfortunately for him, that there's a, there's a magnet to him in that respect. But um, you know, I, I know that what Tony was getting for a while from Vanderplas with the offense was spreading the floor more. You know, the idea that Vanderplas can hit that three uh, and and make teams respect that. Um, and, and Shedrick needs to be in, you know, more in the paint area and maybe that clogs things up a bit, but, but boy, I mean, the inconsistency, I guess, of Vanderplas is what's really frustrating. He can be really, really good, but he can also just be very, very quiet. And when he's quiet, this team really has to, to struggle to overcome that. Yeah. And, you know, I think you and I discussed that at length, uh, earlier in the season when, you know, are we going to get the good Vanderplas or the bad Vanderplas. And um, when he's good, I mean, man, Virginia's hard to beat. But uh, when his shot is off, um, they're susceptible, no question about it. Particularly if Franklin's not making shots and and he, he didn't do anything last night either, um, which is rare, but it happens. And um, – so it's a good question moving forward. What you know, what do you do? Um and you know, is Ryan done? Is it time to turn him loose? Uh give him more playing time and see what he can do. I I think he's ready myself. Um and you know, everybody else seems to be playing fairly consistently, but um it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of lineup they start in Chapel Hill Saturday and uh, and how long they stick with it, depending on if it's effective or not. You know, I've been thinking for a couple of weeks. I guess I've been writing for a couple of weeks as well, but every time I look at stat broadcasts and see the starting lineups announced 10 or 15 minutes before the game, that um, I, I will see Shedrick in that lineup. But, you know, you mentioned Dunn. Dunn would be an interesting uh, a, a guy to put in that position uh, he's six eight, so he's got size. Now he's he's not as as thick as as Vanderplas. He's probably similarly sized, um, just a couple inches shorter than than Caden Shedrick. But his athleticism and his ability to shoot the three might help as well. Um, you know, really, you saw last night too the 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 problems with with the guys not knocking shots on the perimeter. Uh, Boston College played a defense that I I give credit to. I gave him in my post game column last night. I gave credit to Mike Young at Virginia Tech. Um, a few games ago, um, really played sort of a pack line defense in that game in Blacksburg, packing the lane, basically daring Virginia to to make shots and beat him. And since that game, Virginia is shooting 30.5% from three, and you've seen the offense just get in a, more and more ineffective. The last two games, Virginia put, that, put up season-low points, 57 against Notre Dame in the win, 48 last night. Um, and you saw uh, Kia Clark and Reese Beekman really struggle to get in the paint, and then when they got there to finish in the paint. Um, those guys need space to operate, but they're not going to get it if those guys aren't making shots on the outside. Yeah, and you, you can't depend on McNeely to make them all. Uh, he's shooting a, a high percentage, but he needs a little help. He can't do it by himself. And, yeah, I, 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 that's a good point about uh, Mike Young doing that, and that's not the first time he's done that either. And uh, good strategy, and you got to give tip of the cap to Boston College for a good game plan and play and playing, executing well. Um, 
Virginia, I, you know, the, the closest they got was uh, 44 to 37 uh, with, oh, uh, gosh, about midway, a little bit more than midway through the second half. The Gardner had made back-to-back uh, -back baskets. And then uh, McNeely was up and on the wing and could have cut it to four and, and missed. And then uh, Boston College closed it out from there. But, uh, yeah, that, I think uh, Vanderplas hit a three late, but that was the only three Virginia hit in uh, the last 13 minutes of the game. So um, if you're trailing – and you're depending on the three to get you back in it. That that wasn't the way to wasn't the way to, to make it a, a contest. That's for sure. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching on my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. You've been covering Virginia basketball for over 40 years, uh, and you've seen some really good teams, and, and some of those good teams go through lulls, and this team is certainly going through a lull. They're 21-5, and five, so um, it's, it's, it's a team with a good record. They've, they've done a lot to get to this point in this season. I wonder if you can think of any years where a, a team that, you know, had, had a lot of talent, had a lot of wins, but then went through a stretch. I mean, this is a weird time of year. I, I've, been, I've been kind of saying that, too, and writing that, that – you know, Virginia kind of knows who they are. Uh, we're two weeks from the ACC tournament. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so it's kind of hard to just get to that finish line because then the games start really mattering again, in, in a sense. I mean, these games matter too, but they really matter in the postseason. Um, have, you have you seen teams struggle like this, and, and what do they do to get through it? Well, that's a good question. I, and coming up uh... – uh, it seems like uh, several of, of their teams in, in recent years have have struggled a little bit toward the end and at least played some games closer than they, they should have been. Um, but I, 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 the solution is usually shooting, and um, I, I didn't think that was going to be a problem with this team. They they have a lot of good shooters on the team, and uh, – when a couple of them go cold like they did, uh, Tony brought it out in, in post-game last night. Uh, we got to find a way to play with fire, and, and we've got to find a way of getting out of the shooting slumps. And, I mean, how do you get out of a shooting slump? I, I don't really don't know. Uh, it's it's not like they – it's not like last year when they, they don't have enough guys that, that can fill it up and they don't have a supply of shooters. They've got plenty of guys capable of making shots. I, how you get out of a slump, that's above my pay grade. I, <laughs> I think it's above everybody's pay grade, unfortunately. <laughs> but that was what was so frustrating for, for so many folks, I guess, watching the game. Um, it seemed like, I mean, when the misses weren't even, uh, you know, they weren't even close. There were a lot of misses. They hit front rim and 
you know, kind of bounce or off to the side and bounded off. And from from good shooters, Armand Franklin, you know, McNeely had those two threes in a row, and then he you know missed that that one that could have cut it to four. You mentioned, um, and 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 didn't hit anything else. Vanderplas hit that meaningless one at the end. Um, it just seemed like, you know, I'll say this: I, I said this during the broadcast uh, of the game uh, to the people who were watching the game with me uh, in my in my home office. Um, it felt like Virginia was playing uphill against six defenders the whole game uh, on the offensive side. Uh, and because there was always a BC guy there to, to you know, turn the, you know, keep a guy from turning the corner, had a hand in a passing lane, a hand in some guy's face. They just, Virginia didn't get open shots. And Tony noted that too in the post game. He said it's, it's unusual. You know, you, it's one thing to miss open shots. They just weren't even getting good shots. And this team is known for, getting, you know, lots of good looks at the rim. So I don't know how you fix that either, except for maybe that's just a, an, a, a slightly an effort thing. Yeah, I, I think that might be part of it. And then you got to give Boston credit, Boston College credit too. I mean, they, they played good on-ball defense. They played good help defense. They played good defense at the rim for the most part. And – uh, Virginia helped them a little bit by, I think, taking, forcing some shots, hurrying some shots, not taking some good shots. Um, but yeah, at some point, somebody's got to step up and and make something happen. And uh, I think Gardner tried last night, but he sure didn't have much help. Of, uh, I, at one point, I think he had made. Uh, I don't know how many field goals he ended up with, but I, th- I think maybe eight. And the rest of the team was there. There, if you took their shooting percentage, it was atrocious. So um, I think he was six of twelve. The rest of the team was thirteen of forty-seven, and that's with a couple of those makes at the end. Uh, the yeah. one from Vanderplas, the little jump shot at the at the very end by by Clark made it because at one point they were eight of thirty-eight, and he was like yeah. six of ten yeah. or something like that. And so yeah, it. <laughs> that you don't see those kind of numbers um, from a Virginia team. Yeah, that's 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 the number I was referring to. Um, and what do you do when everybody's off? And I mean, they even missed a couple of layups. For goodness' sake, it's is uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how do you. I don't know how you explain that or how you overcome that. But at, at some point somebody's got to step up and, and make something happen. And we've t- talked about this before, the go-to guy, when things get burdensome like that, that they know that they can count on. Uh, they've kind of shared that from player to player throughout the year, uh, as a lot of Virginia teams have. But they don't have like a, a Joe Harris or somebody that you know can just – Flat out shoot you out of trouble, and uh, not on a consistent basis, anyway. Right. I, I ran numbers on Reese Beekman. His last, uh, I think it's his last four games. He's eight of thirty-seven from the field. Um, just you know, for a guy who who had been having a really good season, his last few games, he's he's really struggled, um, and he's struggling at the rim, ha- having five for eighteen at the rim in those in those games, dating back to the Duke game. He. he uh, at that game, Kia Clark uh, was was lights out, and and Armand Franklin lights out at getting to the basket and getting baskets. Um, uh, Beekman in that game was two of nine. So, uh, and, and you know, I even think back last night, the first play of the first offensive play of the game for Virginia, Beekman got around his guy, had a little bunny layup, missed it. Now, uh, Jaden Gardner tipped it in for him, 
but I mean, Beekman is, is a guy that I, I, you know, I don't know. He's, he, there was a stretch this season where he wasn't healthy. Now that he's just, everybody goes through a funk at some point in the season. We've seen Jaron Gardner do it. We've seen Armand Franklin do it a couple of times. Uh, Kia Clark had a little spell. Um, this might be the first spell, not injury related that Reese Beekman is, is having a tough time, but he's, he's really going through it right now. Yeah, he really is. And, um, uh, you know, if they did have a go a go to guy, it would probably it would probably be Franklin, I guess, in terms of a shooter, pure shooter. And uh, you know, he he had a nice stretch for a while there where he could hardly miss. And the last during this three game uh, funk that they're in, he's been a little up and down too. So I I don't know. You just Hey, Jerry, I think you've frozen up on me a little bit here, buddy. Um, and I'm not sure you're probably, you might still be talking right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely frozen up here. And Jerry stepped off for just a second. Yeah, the the so the there, there's Jerry back. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. That's all right. That's all right. So we're um, going to find a Carolina team that's desperate and and uh, is going to be fired up and sense a little blood in the water. Yeah. Uh, or are they going to be a team that says or just been like they have been and uh, they'll be as lackadaisical as Virginia has been. That's the th you mentioned that when you talked about Carolina earlier, um, they they did get the win at Notre Dame last night, but it was a close game. And Notre Dame it was a one point game with eight seconds to go. Uh, Carolina closed it out with foul shots, um, but um, uh, you know they've they've <laughs> they've been they've been playing with fire, if you want to say not with fire like they're playing with, but they're they've been they've been they've been too close to the fire to, for their own good lately. They're certainly a team that's on the bubble. They need the win. So from, from a motivation standpoint, you would think, okay, they 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 need it. Um, they didn't get to play the game in Charlottesville with Armando Baycott. You mentioned first minute plus of the game. He was he was knocked out with that injury. Um, this team last year, this Carolina team last year with Baycott dominated Virginia twice. Uh the first time in Chapel Hill won by 22 was they were different games. The I think the final of the first one was 76-54. Baycott had 29 points, 22 boards. The second one, they shut Virginia down completely on the offensive end. I guess thinking back, uh last night's 48-point performance against Boston College was the most frustrating game for Virginia fans to watch since that Carolina game in the ACC tournament when Virginia scored 43 including 13 in the first half. Yeah. Um but that Carolina team, fully healthy last year, owned Virginia. I assume they're fully healthy going into this one. Not only did Baycott not play more than a minute in that game in Charlottesville, they also didn't have uh, Nance on the uh, on the floor for them, and they'll have him back. So, um, okay, they, they got their full team. They haven't been playing well either as a full team, but they are fully loaded, and they're at home, and they they have a lot of motivation and need to get that win. And, uh, you know, we saw Gardner wincing in pain last night with his uh, – look like his 
uh, right leg, maybe. Uh, yeah, look, look like maybe ankle or, or middle of the middle of the calf there or something like that. And uh, the, Tony didn't give us an update in the uh, post game about whether he was injured or not. He, he said he hadn't had time to check on him, so we don't know what his status might be heading into Saturday either, uh, which could be a, a big problem if he's less than 100%. Definitely. He's been a guy that's been really important for this team uh, uh, with with his uh, ability to knock some shots down. Certainly last night was the case. So so that game is Saturday. Uh, it's a night game, right? Six o'clock start, I believe, yeah. down in Chapel Hill. So um, uh, we'll have all day to stew on it <laughs> when we wake up on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So right now they're they're a half game back of Miami, Chris. And I think Virginia's going to have to win out to to have a chance to win the regular season. Yeah. Um, Miami only has two games left against Florida State, which shouldn't be a problem. Um, and Miami's rolling. They've won seven in a row. They're undefeated at home. And then they host Pitt in the last game of the season. Um, and Pitt is – Pitt's a pretty good road team. They're seven and three. But uh, Pitt probably – won't lose. They got to play Syracuse at Notre Dame and at Miami to close out the season. So it's going to be interesting. And you know, so Virginia, they can't afford much more slippage because Clemson's right on their heels at 12 and five, although Clemson still got to play at NC state and at Virginia. So, um, you don't want to be slipping too much because you, you're in jeopardy of that double buy. I thought the the margin for error was uh, the a game the game at Carolina. I mean, yeah, that, so now the margin for error is gone because you've lost the game at Boston College. Um, and yeah, you mentioned. I mean, that somebody has to lose between Pitt and Miami in that final game. Uh, but uh, they both have that. They they both have the head to head advantage. And only playing one game against Virginia this year, they both have wins over Virginia this year. So. It, it, you know, at this stage, it's looking like Virginia is not going to be the one seed unless something happens out of the world. You know, Miami would slip against FSU or if, if Pitt slips in one of those two other games other than the Miami game. Um, but that said, you know, yeah, keep your double keep keep yourself in the double by position. And and also, I mean, be getting getting ready for the NCAA tournament at this stage, because right now, the way the team's playing, it doesn't matter where they're seated in either the ACC or NCAA tournaments. They're just not playing good basketball, so they've got to get things figured out. They've got to figure out the situation at center. Uh, you know, is it Vanderplas? Is it Shedrick? Is it Dunn? Is it some? You know, whatever the case may be, they've got to get the offense rolling again. They got to get the shots falling again. They honestly, the defense was was good last night, but it wasn't great. So they've they've you know Tony's got a lot of things to fix between now and and now these last three regular season games and whatever you play in in Greensboro are about getting ready, you know, getting yourself ready and, and back on track for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no question, because you don't want to go limping into the postseason, that's for sure. Uh, that's a that's almost certain of a, an early out if, if you're not playing good basketball heading into the tournament because you're usually running into a, a team that, that is playing well. And – they're not going to give you anything. So uh, you better have yourself straight and ready when that time comes. And uh, they certainly, with three regular season games left and then the tournament, they, they have a chance to 
get back on track. But it all starts Saturday night down in at the Dean Dome. So go to jerryradcliffe.com and, and augustafreebreast.com. We'll both have previews and get you ready for that game. Jerry, I know as we like to, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, uh, we want to thank the people who helped make this, make this possible for us to get out to our, our listeners. Yeah, we'd like to thank the Aberdeen Barn, uh, certainly best steakhouse in Virginia. Wonderful place, wonderful atmosphere, wonderful food. Uh, you can't beat it. Go by there and uh, enjoy a, a great evening out. Also, um, Ragged Mountain Running Shop, terrific people. Mark and Cynthia Lorenzoni. Um, also, um, a new sponsor, uh, Roback, who's been with us for about a month now and uh, uh, one of the fastest growing uh, activewear companies in America based right here in Charlottesville. Uh, get behind them. You, you've probably seen their ads everywhere. It's uh, Roback, R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Got a little doggy uh, as their logo. I'll hold it up on my phone here. You can see it. Uh, I think it's a South African dog. Uh, but they have a men's and women's lines. Uh, great, comfortable, attractive clothing. Uh, they have uh, uh, the the polos, the Q, uh, Q-zips, and the hoodies. Uh, lots of stuff for, for uh, golf or whatever. Um, also, um, the Good Feet store located over at Stonefield, uh, right across from the theater. And, uh, what a great supporter of Virginia athletics that, uh, Jonathan Cotton has been. Um, in fact, uh, I think I saw on Twitter last night, uh, Jonathan Cotton, John Easy Step. Uh, is his Twitter tag, John, J-O-N, Easy Step. Uh, he's got some tickets he's given away to the Clemson game. Uh, so, you know, just look him up on Twitter and uh, tell him you want those tickets. <laughs> you might get lucky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's he's uh, given a lot of uh, great support to UVA. He's uh, in, in terms of NIL to Kia Clark and – Jaden Gardner and some other athletes over there and uh, sponsors a lot of uh, halftime and pregame promotional things at, at Virginia games. So uh, uh, thank all of those sponsors. So we really appreciate their support. And um, I'll be soloing it tomorrow uh, sometime with um, our good friend, Andrew Jones of Blue and White, Carolina Illustrated. Uh, he's the best guy on the Carolina beat. And you talk about somebody that knows the team inside and out. Uh, he's going to be on to give us the latest on the Tar Heels uh, with a podcast sometime Friday. So uh, you'll be able to piggyback uh, on top of this broadcast about uh, Virginia. And you'll find out all about the Tar Heels tomorrow. Andrew's traveling back from South Bend today. He was up there for the Notre Dame game last night. And uh, uh, he's, I guess, uh, sometime, uh, probably tomorrow, I think Hubert Davis has a press conference on Fridays to talk about their Saturday opponents. So 
Uh, he may have some latest scoop on the Tar Heels uh, and their interpretations of what it's going to take for them to beat Virginia. So uh, two great podcasts, this one and tomorrow, leading up to the Carolina game. So don't miss them. Yeah, you'll you'll know way too much about the game going into Saturday. More than you want to know. <laughs> More than you want to know. That's right. Well, for Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day.